0: Do you ever feel pushed to the brink or overwhelmed and anxious as a business owner, Jen?
1: (laughs) I think as entrepreneurs, we're often operating at a very high level for extended periods of time.
0: I think it's that constant engagement that taxes me the most. There's never downtime, mentally or physically.
1: And then, as parents, we finish our day and pick up our second or sometimes third gig.
0: So how do you recover so that we can maintain our physical and mental well-being?
1: and we'll take a quick moment to note, we're not professionals. We're not licensed
0: healthcare professionals, but we do care about your well-being and want you to take care of yourself.
1: So we're gonna check it out.
0: The Speakeasy Podcast, honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry.
1: I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business? We probably have an opinion on that. (laughs) No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. We are drinking the most quintessential recovery drink I think I've ever met. the, te- <laughs> it the is.
0: tequila it's sunrise. Tequila
1: and orange juice and grenadine. The end. The end. Some good garnish on top and a sunrise, and you can look at that day behind you. I have to tell you, you know, this
0: does have a maraschino cherry in it, and and uh,
1: have you ever had
0: like organic maraschino cherries? They do exist.
1: You know, I'm not a huge cherry fan. So I sometimes skip them personally. I, I would never go choose one. So the traditional
0: maraschino cherry that you know from the bar is, you know, bright red like the tequila sunrise. But like an organic one is it, it really tastes like a cherry. The huh. syrup is kind of an organic-y syrup. It's not corn syrup. Sure. And it really tastes like the cherry that you would put in a pie at the bottom of your glass. So And then that the syrup that it's in actually adds to your beverage. So you could try it that way as well.
1: That's pretty nice. For this one, we had our Patron, which is a very, very good favorite. And um, that beautiful cherry that Karen loves. Ta-da! Maybe a wedge of of orange.
0: So, Jen, this is kind of a heavy topic. So maybe if we, that's why we're having a recovery drink, right? So sometimes people think chocolate milk is that recovery drink, but today it's Tequila Sunrise. Because here's the deal. The universe will Hulk smash
1: your body to the ground. It will do it. The universe is going to find a way to screw with you, to give you too many things to do in too little time, the stress that's going to keep you up at night, the decisions that aren't easy or quick to make. Those things always happen. And we live in an on demand
0: society where even disaster is on demand. It <laughs> <That> just feels <laughs> like it's just gonna happen. It's gonna it's gonna left hook you and you're it's gonna
1: take you out. Yeah. And people like us, well, at least I don't people like Karen and Karen and I, we don't leave enough margin. So Mm -hmm. You schedule, schedule, schedule. You have a perfect plan. There's very little margin between thing A and thing B. And when Hulk smash happens, you have to cram all these things together and there's just no place to rest.
0: Yeah. And it's whether you talk about it as the candle always burning at both ends or there's no time to recharge your batteries. You know, we don't have batteries. (laughs) (laughs) There is no easy just put me in a closet, turn off my switch and plug me in and I'll be fine tomorrow. But there are things that kind of are like that. So you have to just figure it out what it is for you. Because here's the deal. You know, when you set up your business account, sometimes you set up overdraft protection, right? And you can sweep money from one to the other and you're kind of over – like you don't have overdraft protection. When no. you go negative with your
1: energy or your wellness, there's nothing there to catch you. No. And the the problem when when Hulk Smash happens – maybe we should have done a drink named Hulk Smash because that would be funny. It would be um, green though. It would be green. <laughs> Oh, that, you know, that high C ectoplasma <laughs> nonsense stuff that I get at Halloween. Yeah, eh, okay. That's what it would be of. No, anyway, the thing that I've noticed, and that's, maybe I notice it because I'm... Are loud, drinks. <laughs> they are loud drinks. The thing that I've noticed is when something goes wrong at work, For me, Murphy's Law means something will go wrong at home. So I don't usually have one of my spaces that is calm and collected and logical while the other one is losing its marbles. It seems like it happens to me in both spaces all the time. Do you you get
0: that? You know, it's funny. What you just said reminded me of my sister-in-law who told me years ago when um, when her kids were younger. They're out of the house now. And she said, you know, life's a balance. You're not going to always have it be you know, in balance all the time. But when something's going wrong at work, sometimes home feels better. Or when sometimes when home is tough, work feels better. And she really had that philosophy and I bought into it. But (laughs) I love you, Carrie. (laughs) But Jen, I think you're right. Sometimes (laughs) when, when you're in a cycle of low, you're in a cycle of low. And when you're in a cycle of high, you're in a cycle of high, almost more like a swing where it feels really good when you're at the high end going backwards and really great when you're in the high end going forwards, but at the bottom, you really feel the extra weight.
1: Yeah, and that's at the bottom is where your stomach gets kind of swimmy, yeah, too. Yeah, where and you're feeling the G's. Yeah. So we have both been in that place, and that inspired today's topic, because those things happen, and somehow you have to recover. And as, as Karen mentioned, we don't have overdraft protection, and we can't recharge a battery by plugging it into the wall. So what do we do?
0: Yeah, well, and like Jen and I already disclaimed, we are not licensed healthcare professionals. And so here's the deal. So when we're talking about, we're not talking about bad day at the office. We're talking about you have major, major wins at work, then you lose something, then someone gets sick. You know, the, we're talking about major life instances here. We're talking about, you know, the things that we almost don't want to really articulate because we don't want to jinx ourselves. <laughs> we don't want to bring them into the universe. Yeah, absolutely not. But, but you're right. that. The thing that there is to do is just to, um, to be prepared, right? Because yeah. it's going to happen. The Hulk smash is going to happen. So you want to be prepared for that. And, you know, the, your best defense is a great offense. Right. And so be, being as healthy as you can in any given moment is your way to cope. And whether that's physical, mental, or spiritual, to make sure the things that are important to you, whatever, however you label those things, that those are in order for you.
1: It's true. You, I mean, and we all know this, that you can run a mile faster if your heart is in shape and mm-hmm. you can, you just have more stamina if you have practice. So knowing to keep yourself healthy, which is hard to say for people like us that don't often leave enough margin, you will recover faster from whatever life throws at you if you have a little bit of reserve and if you have done the work to stay healthy. That said, sometimes that's impossible. Yeah. I mean,
0: we're not always practicing the things that we know are the right things. I mean, that's part of like knowing and doing are different things. So that's why, for example, I carry a few extra pounds because I know how to lose said pounds (laughs) and doing the things I need to do to lose said pounds means that this tequila sunrise would be full. So so it, it just is what it is. These are all choices that have to line up with our priorities. But for me, it is about making sure that your safety nets are in order so whether that's you know we each have our you know we have each other for sure we lean on each other for a lot of stuff we have other communities as well whether it's our spouses or our friends or family that we lean on Um, so those are kind of our one basket of mental well-being and um, certainly there are licensed professionals that if you want an ear in that way or feel that that's
1: important that's something you should take advantage of Something that you said reminds me we have a great client and it's called do one thing and the premise behind it is staying um, prepared for an emergency right and that preparing for the unknown and preparing for emergencies is really scary and there's lots of big things but if you just do one small thing each month, you would be more prepared than you were last time and we you know we've helped them with their brand for a number of years and their website but Understanding their philosophy of do one small thing each month gets you closer to being prepared has been a really great way to look at life. And I think it applies pretty well to this topic that if you're overwhelmed and you know that you don't have the space to potentially handle the Hulk smash, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what's one little thing you could do next week to make yourself a little bit more prepared for it? Yeah. And I, I love that philosophy and that's a little less overwhelming for me yeah, than, absolutely. than trying to look at s- suddenly solving my lack of capacity problems.
0: Yeah, or solving all the other things that are underneath that, right? But, you know, like a minute ago you asked me, you know, it doesn't always work that way. You know, it's not always that easy. And I think, you know, my question for you is do you feel like entrepreneurs have a specific set of, you know, are we specifically aligned with, with certain types of stress and hardship that's different than people who are not self-employed? I mean,
1: I think so. I think entrepreneurs have not a death wish necessarily, but a high tolerance for thrill and potential disaster.
0: Yeah, well, we, we've already talked about the data shows that entrepreneurs have a higher risk tolerance than other people who choose other vocations, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's certainly true. So then, does that make us more susceptible to the things that risk,
1: the constant pounding of risk <laughs> against our bodies? how that impacts us. Right. Well, you know, there's there's lots of differing data on entrepreneurs and how they handle stress. And I know you found some really good statistics on that, didn't you?
0: I did. So there's a lot of, you could slice and dice data however you want. And the data are always really interesting to look at. But one, one of the articles that I looked at um, about entrepreneurs versus others is that entrepreneurs have a 30% chance of having depression over 15% of the general population. Similarly, addiction, 12% compared to 4% of the general population. And so those are very, very interesting things that I found. But I also thought it was interesting, the non-illness related, but ADHD at 29% for entrepreneurs (laughs) compared to 5% of the population and bipolar diagnosis, 11% of entrepreneurs compared to 1% of the general population. So that tells me that that is a resilience data set to me. in that if you aren't successful somewhere else being employed, that you're just going to go figure it out yourself, yeah. right? In, in those two instances,
1: I would say none of that none of that data surprises me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And um, in some ways, it delights me, right? That yeah. of course, being an entrepreneur is a place where you can be distractible or have great extremes in your mood and your successes and your failures. And that's that is what we experience as entrepreneurs pretty often. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see how that data manifests for sure. But
0: at the same time, being self-aware and managing your wellness is important as That's well. True. I know you found some really interesting data that kind of turns that on its side from
1: um, from Inc. magazine, right? Yeah. I found an article about at Baylor University in Louisiana State, they used some CDC data and showed that communities with a higher percentage of small businesses and entrepreneur-run businesses have better health indicators. So the premise of the article is that entrepreneurs are happier and healthier. And looking at the data that communities with more small business owners end up with some indicators that really are more positive, I didn't go in deeply as to what's making all of those indicators happen, Um, whether it's just that entrepreneurs are happy people or they treat their community differently. But you can skew that data to say that entrepreneurs are happier You can say absolutely, or maybe even more invested in their community. I mean, the truth of the matter, and we've talked about it a long time, but entrepreneurs juggle, and you know that you're going to be juggling three balls, and somebody's going to throw you a fourth, and you're pretty confident that you can pick up that fourth. But eventually, somebody might throw you a fifth, or one of the balls might be on fire, and you you have to take those very good skills you have and figure out a hot mess, and and sometimes that's exhausting. And sometimes there's more than one hot mess to handle. And that just doesn't leave you a lot of recovery time.
0: No, it doesn't. So what do you do when that fifth ball comes at you and it's flaming hot? You know,
1: what do you do when you can't breathe and you just really need to stop and reset? I mean, I have lots of tactics and some of them are sort of um, at at odds with each other. Of course, I make a list. I think you and I are Mm -hmm. like the epitome of list makers. If you get it all out on a list, it feels great. And I found speaking it out loud and talking about it suddenly deflates whatever the the problem is. Mm -hmm. So just talking about it, suddenly it is smaller. My problem is I don't like talking about this stuff. I'm not the kind to go talk about my problems or my fears. So I know that that works, but it's not a tactic I employ.
0: It is one that I employ because I'm never afraid to talk about my problems. I'm a bit (laughs) of an open book, which maybe isn't great for managing my online reputation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just a couple episodes ago, but I really enjoy speaking it out loud or I write down the story of what's wrong and then I read it. And when I read it, it's like
1: a story instead yep. of the truth. Well, and So I can deflate it that way. That's funny because one of the other things I do is detach and realize whatever this thing is, it's not you. It probably wasn't of your making. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, it probably won't ruin you or reflect badly on you. So you can really detach and it, it it's a thing that is separate from you. And so if I can look at something in that detached sort of way, I can come at it with a much calmer point of view
0: and something that you taught me a long time ago that I continue to use, and I even use it with my kids, is what's the like articulate the worst thing that could happen in this situation, this overwhelm? What's the worst th- thing that can happen? Solve for x. And
1: then back up. Yeah, if you if you plan for that worst thing, and I, you know, I've we've talked about this in the podcast before, but I got that straight out of Dale Carnegie. I did not invent that, but it's been a really good tactic for me. Mm-hmm. And everything seems so much more surmountable once you've planned for the worst thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And then working out for me, I really enjoy spinning. I feel like my feet can pound out something. Uh, I'm not a runner, so like, but I think spinning provides that same energy release. And that gives me complete free time. I close the basement door and that is my room. That's my safe room. And so that's really helpful. But what I would love to do as a tactic is build in buffer time. So when I know I've burnt that candle, it might be taking a Friday afternoon or a Friday morning off and getting the laundry done and making the grocery list and somehow controlling the chaos that's quote unquote easy to control. Mm-hmm. And then once I feel more in control about like the physical mess at my house,
1: tackling the mental mess seems easier or I have the clearing for that. Well, that's true. And and it's funny that you say that because there are lots of studies that show that clutter and messy homes increases anxiety and unhappy thoughts. So I don't think you're alone there. A cluttered environment or an environment that is chaotic, Raises stress levels like crazy, and high stress levels don't do not help us recover or do not help us handle that fifth flaming ball. Right? Mm-hmm. About
0: a year ago, I think I I sent a I posted a picture I think of um of like I got so mad at my sock drawer I I I pulled it out and emptied it in my bathroom floor because it had to be in my way so I would just just handle it. <laughs> you were about to say just fucking do it. I, just, I did. I just I did it. <laughs> That's right. But I got it handled because it was in my way. Yeah, And I still, to this day, have a lovely sock drawer.
1: You know, though, it's It brings me joy. <laughs> <laughs> See, mine would get messy again faster than that, but that's because I'm a messy person by nature. Though what I like about that tactic is let something build up until it is so overwhelming and insurmountable that you have to deal with it. And if you know that eventually I will have to deal with this thing, you can kind of ignore it until it's there. Oh, I don't know. That would build too much stress. With that? That would build a lot of anxiety for me. Mm-hmm.
0: I have a closet at home that is um, killing me slowly. <laughs> and I had scheduled time, actually, in the very near future to handle it, and that day got Hulk smashed. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: much for your buffer day?
0: Yeah. That got, that day got Hulk smashed. My husband has to leave town for work, and so my day at home is now uh, a day at home with a kid that doesn't have childcare. So Sweet. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I had a similar week recently where I had everything planned to the T, and then family schedules that weren't planned or anticipated fell upon me, and it was like a series of dominoes all falling apart because mm-hmm. two things that no one had accommodated for ended up in my lap, and everything just crumbled So it happens. The best laid plans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that you've finished your recovery drink, how are you feeling? I drink this drink and it makes me feel like Magnum P.I. I always feel like it needs an umbrella. It also needs a warm beach instead of a sound booth, but we're doing okay. I agree. (laughs) We're doing all right. Talking it out does help. Jeez. For sure.
0: So I really want to hear about what people think about how they recover from really hard times or stress professionally. What tactics would you like to share with the world that would help everybody who's listening?
1: Yeah, and this is kind of a heavy one. And sometimes life can get really hard. And again, while we're not professionals, you know, we really encourage people to talk about it. And if you want to DM us and tell us your tactics, we can share them with the world and help other folks. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Easy Underground, or on our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. Hey, Karen. Do you feel more successful when your clients are thrilled, when your bank account is filled, or when you have no worries in the whole wide world? Um, yes. (laughs) And
0: maybe when the masses have watched a video and and wept and thanked me. Maybe. That's a whole lot to think about and manage, though. True. Maybe it's worth deciding what success really feels like. So that's what we're talking about next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.